Our scripture this morning comes from Hebrews 11, verses 1 through 6. Now hear these words. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the people of old received their commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. By faith Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous. God commending him by accepting his gifts, and through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death, and he was not found because God had taken him. Now before he was taken, he commended as having pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. The word of the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Caleb. Uh, before we uh, jump into the sermon, I want to celebrate two, uh, two folks. One, uh, Dean mentioned in his prayer, Lex Gibbs is with us in this service this morning, and that is an answer to prayer. Lex, would you stand? So many people pray for this man and don't know him, but isn't this wonderful? So good to have you with us this morning. Uh, you indeed are an answer to prayer. We also celebrate with Ben and Chelsea Petit in the birth of their uh, new little girl, Aubrey Ann. So excited for them. And Ben normally plays the guitar here to my right. And so we're just thrilled uh, for uh, Ben and Chelsea and uh, their uh, great uh, time in their lives. Well, we are in sermon number four in a five-part series that we're calling Measures. And, uh, and so let me review, like we do every single week during this series, our mission at Grace is to exalt Christ, see him transform lives, and send us out to embrace our community. Our values here at Grace are guiding principles, the guardrails, you might say, are Jesus over everything, heart change that leads to life change, others before ourselves. Our strategy here, discover, belong, serve, and go, meaning that people discover God primarily through worship, belong primarily through a life group, serve here at 5182, think the serve card in your uh, hands, and then go everywhere else. And then the measures is the final piece of this framework that inside of it then gives us a vision. And so these measures are five measures that we at Grace consider. They're not exhaustive. They're, uh, they're not infallible. They're just that we at Grace believe that somebody who walks with the Lord is he or she can um, and should, looks up to God daily, uh, looks in at oneself daily for a life that reflects the Spirit, looks across at others weekly in fellowship and accountability, and looks around, this is for today, number four, at others daily, showing and sharing the gospel. And so we want to talk about that for just a little bit. What does it mean to show and share the gospel? And to do that, we go to one of the more famous chapters in all the Bible, Hebrews 11. It has been called the Hall of Fame of Faith uh, for uh, uh, the, uh, Christians and for those who predated Christ, uh, this, these, that anticipated the arrival of Christ. It is a pretty remarkable list. And these uh, folks uh, listed here are listed here because they had faith. So we are going to look at faith defined, 
and then faith demonstrated, and then faith's founder, faith's perfecter. So faith defined. Hebrews 11.1 and Hebrews 11.6 are like the chocolate pieces of the Oreo, and 2, 3, 4, and 5 find their meaning based on 1 and 6. All right, so let's, uh, with that in mind, you're going to see what is uh, called in study of Scripture parallelism, these parallels. So uh, the parallel is this. Let's review 1 and 6, and then we'll unpack it. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Verse 6, and without faith it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So what we have here in verse 1 are two defining statements of faith. And in verse 6, those statements are better defined by what verse 6 says. In other words, the assurance of things hoped for is equal to believe that he exists. And the conviction of things not seen equals he rewards those who seek him. All right, so let's unpack that for a moment. And I think faith is better illustrated perhaps than explained. I think faith is better understood in the abstract than in the concrete. So let me just tell you a little story. It's just a little story. Don't know that it ever happened, but it's a good little story. The story goes that there was a little boy standing on a street corner waiting for the bus. And as he is standing there waiting for the bus, this this gentleman, this older man walks by and looks at him and says, son, the bus doesn't stop here. And the little boy looks up at at, at this older man and says, oh, yes, it, it does. And the older man looks at the boy and says, son, look down the street. Do you see that sign that says bus stop? That's where the bus stops. The bus doesn't stop here. You need to walk down there. And the little boy looks back at the man and says, no, the bus stops here. So the man continues He's walking toward the bus stop, and when he is, he hears the screeching of tires. And when he hears the screeching of tires, he turns to look, and sure enough, the bus has come to a screeching halt right in front of the little boy. There, the bus has stopped right in front of him, and the little boy cups his hands around his mouth and yells as he's about to get on the bus to the older man who is looking in in amazement and says, the bus driver's my daddy. (laughs) All right? So let's take that little vignette, that little story, and unpack it for just a moment because I'm convinced it will take these concrete terms and and just drive them in. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Assurance is confident, firm trust. So for that boy, faith is the assurance that the bus driver will stop at the corner to pick him up. 
That's what faith is. Now, if you connect that to verse 6, the reason the boy is assured that the bus will pick him up is because he believes that the bus driver exists, not just as any bus driver, but as his dad. That is faith. It is the assurance. It is confident trust. But it is also conviction of things not seen, meaning God rewards those who seek him. So let's define conviction. Conviction is that by which invisible things are proved and we are convinced of their reality. The fact that the boy believes the bus will stop there goes to the heart of the father. He can't see his father's heart, but he believes it. In other words, he trusts the father's heart. And so the little boy standing there, no bus in sight, even somebody trying to convince him no bus is ever going to stop there. The reason he, as a little boy, can argue in a sense, can make his case with an older man is this. He believes that though he does not see the bus, the bus will come. He believes that when the bus will come, the bus will stop right where he's in, right where he is, because he is able to see into the heart of his daddy, and his daddy is driving that bus, and his daddy is going to love him enough to stop right there and pick him up, because that's what his daddy does. That's faith. That's faith. You don't need to overcomplicate it. You don't need to make it complex. You, You don't need to do that. It is, that's what faith simply is. I think a better translation of this uh, rewards those is to put it in the noun is, is, because that's what it is in the Greek, is a rewarder of those who seek him. What does that mean? God, God is a rewarder. His character is not just that he rewards, he is a rewarder. Every good parent loves to reward your kids, don't you? Like you catch them getting it right and you want to respond to that. You want to reward them. We love to reward. So here is the question. Do you believe God is who he says he is and will do what he says he will do? That's the question of faith. Do you believe God is who he says he is and will do what he says he will do? That's faith defined. Now we see it demonstrated. Verse 2, for by it, by that kind of faith, Belief in the invisible, for by it the people of old received their commendation. Now that word commendation shows up four times in this passage, and to be commended is to receive a good report. They received a good report. What follows in Hebrews 11 has been called the hall of fame of faith. People named and unnamed get a report card, and their report card is from the ultimate teacher, God himself. So we see our first test of faith has to do with creation. Look at verse 3. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. Do you see a pattern emerging here? Faith is the invisible made visible. And creation is the invisible made visible. God with the invisible made things Visible. It is fascinating that the first test of faith is connected to creation, 
And it is fascinating that back when Darwin proposed his theory of evolution, whether or not he knew it and whether or not he knew it would do the damage that it would do and that Satan would use that and use him as he has The reality is the beginning point of faith for a follower of Jesus is creation. It isn't the cross. It is creation. Do you believe that God created? That is the beginning point of faith. And so in light of that, I want to drill down here for just a moment. For just a moment we discover here some things about uh, creation out of this passage, and they're supported all through the Scriptures. First of all, God created it all. When the Bible says that God created the heavens and the earth, it doesn't mean that he created the heavens in their category and the earth in their category. No, that is a euphemism. It is a saying, meaning he created everything from the heavens to the earth. For example, when you get married and you uh, stand on you know, that platform or wherever it may be and you either repeat or you write your vows, uh, often this phrase shows up. Uh, uh, for sickness and in health, for better and for worse. Well, what does that mean? You're only going to love your wife when she's really sick and really healthy? Well, no. Like when she's in the middle, well, she's on her own. Things are good. No, in sickness and in health means you're going to love her when she's at her worst. You're going to love her when she's at her best and everything in between. When the Bible says God created the heavens and the earth, what it means is he created this extreme, he created that extreme, and he created everything else in between. God created it all. Number two, God created out of nothing. In theology, that's called ex nihilio, out of nothing. He did not have matter with which he started. He simply spoke and it came to be. That is here reiterated in Hebrews 11. It is spoken there in Genesis. All right, so you and I do not have the capacity to do that. If we did, our lives would be a lot easier, wouldn't it? I mean, we would just speak and things would come to be. We might might be a bit lazy, but that's how God did. I remember being in art class in high school I don't know how many of you took art in high school, but I did. I guess it was required and, and, and took art in high school. Maybe it was, I don't know. But we came to that, that time where you roll out a rope of clay like really long and then you, you roll it out like that and then you take that clay and just, uh, just wind it around. And when you wind it around, once you've done that, you smooth off the edges. If you're going to do a little color, you do that and you put it in the kiln, right? I don't know. There's a word for that, but that's what we did. So I remember, I don't know what got into me that day, but that was a long time ago, and, you know, I grew up quite simply, and we didn't have a lot of fun, so maybe this was it. Maybe this was my chance. And so when the teacher said, that's what we're going to do, I thought, I wonder how, if the teacher will really notice. So while the teacher wasn't watching, I didn't roll a rope. I just decided to make my own thing. I do not know why it occurred to me to make a toilet and a, commo- a, a toilet and a bathtub. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know what was going through my head, but that's what I did. 
So while the teacher wasn't watching, I made a, a bathtub and I made a toilet and I like put it together really fast and I put the color on it because I have it to prove. Here it is. There it is. Yes. There's, there's the bathtub right here. All right, so, so I did. I went and I sneaked it in the kiln. I put it in the kiln where nobody could see. And sure enough, made it past the teacher. The teacher didn't know, right? Green, I don't know why the tub's green, but it's green. And so I did that. Well, whenever the teacher fired up the kiln and it did its duty and then it came out and she was unloading it, she said, who did this? I looked around, nobody else claimed it. So I said, it was me. Very next day, I'm walking through the commons at the high school. There's a display case. My bathtub and commode with a sign, Jerry Lewis. Yes, yes. Now, for me to make, it's probably weirder that I still have it, but at any rate, for me to make a bathtub, I had to start with something. But what I want you to know is what Scripture teaches here and elsewhere is that when God created this amazing universe that we see and the stars and the planets and, and, and the earth and all of it, he, he started with nothing. He started with his sanctified imagination. And God said, let there be, and there was he simply spoke and it came to be. He did not need one bit of raw material to work with. There has never been anyone who's lived on the planet who has been able to speak things into existence except our God. Amen? That's at the cornerstone of our faith. And if that goes, it's the, it's the unraveling of it all. Two weeks ago tonight, my son came bounding down the steps. He was so excited, and he's loud and gregarious anyway, but he was more loud and gregarious than usual. I said, son, what's going on? He had his laptop in front of him, and he said, I've just been accepted into the Honors College at Appalachian State. I said, good for you. Good for you. That's wonderful. So he read the email. We talked through different things in the email. I said, son, you ready to live in a dorm with a bunch of nerds? He said, I think so. I said, you had your roommate lined up. No more. You'll get a random roommate. Are you good with that? I think so. We talked about he, he would study abroad for a semester. We talked through all of these things. He'll write a thesis, all of this stuff. Then I leaned off my chair, and I caught him right in the eyes, which means I have to stoop a bit. And I looked at him, and I said, son, when you fly closer to the fire of academia, your faith will be tested. Are you ready? Are you ready to sit in a class? You're going to be in, in, in groups of one to ten. Are you ready to sit in there? Are you ready to hear them attack your faith? Are you ready to hear them say things to you and try to take the threads apart in a piece and unravel things. Son, are you ready for that? He said, Dad, I sure think I am. Because it will happen. And it will start right here. God created out of nothing. And thirdly, because of that, he sustains it all. He's not some divine clockmaker, that's a theory, who made it and just lets the clock run. 
No, he made it. And according to Colossians 1, he sustains it. He holds it all together. So it begins with creation, but then the list goes to the most unusual place. It's quite surprising. Look at verse 4. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous. God commended him by accepting his gifts, and through his faith, he died, though he still speaks. I'm surprised every time I read this. If you're going to start a chapter on the Hall of Fame of Faith, Abel would not have occurred to me. I, I think I would have thought Noah, Abraham, Joseph, Abel. So what happened? Adam and Eve had several children, two of whom were Cain and Abel. Abel offered to God a sacrifice, as did Cain. Abel's sacrifice was acceptable to God. Cain's was not. And so, God told Cain about it. Look at Genesis 4, 6 through 7. Cain got angry. The Lord said to Cain, why are you angry and why is your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, ooh, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. That's fair warning, isn't it? That's wake-up call. That's, hello, Cain. Listen. But, but Cain didn't listen. And in his anger, he killed his brother. Abel died. The first person in the Hall of Fame of Faith died because he worshiped as he should have. That's the first one. Now, on most fronts, that doesn't get you to sign up for, you know, membership. Come join us. You could die. But that's the first one. But then there's the second one. There is Enoch. Look at verse 5. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. And he was not found because God had taken him. Now, before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. So, Abel gets a good report card for dying for his faith. Enoch gets a good report card. He never had to die, period. So who was Enoch? Genesis 5. When Enoch had lived 65 years, he fathered Methuselah. Could you imagine becoming a parent at 65? Enoch walked with God after he fathered Methuselah another 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. He walked with God and God took him. Huh. Notice that Abel and Enoch's faith are strikingly different. Abel's faith appeared to fail him. He got killed for it. Enoch's faith appeared to buoy him. It appeared to propel him. He was lifted up for it. Never even had to die. 
So I have two questions for you that roll out of this, and then we'll hit the deeper theological meaning. Question number one, can your faith withstand failure? And the second question follows, can your faith withstand success? Both are a test of faith. When you fail, your faith will be tested. And when you succeed, your faith will be tested too. Can your faith handle both? How many of you sit here today or listen uh, on Facebook uh, or YouTube and you have way more financially than you ever have? Do you still trust God? How many of you sit here and, and today you're not in a good place? You're weary in doing well. Your worship might be getting you in trouble. Your faith might be causing you to be ostracized. Can you trust God? Cockerell, who wrote a great commentary on this, said it better than I ever could. He said, Abel and Enoch established a pattern for all the heroes who follow. That means Abraham, Isaac, everybody in the list. Sometimes, as in the case of Abel, people suffer for their faith without temporal deliverance. At other times, as in the case of Enoch, God brings great deliverance in response to faith. For most, the life of faith is a mixture of suffering and triumph. And that is true. You may suffer you also may triumph. Will you trust God on both counts? Now, I've added Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, that would be Abel and Enoch and, uh, and others. Let us also lay aside every weight, and implies they did, and sin which clings so closely. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus. And here we see the close, the founder and perfecter of faith. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the chain, shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. What I discovered that I'd never discovered before a couple weeks ago when I prepared this sermon is this. There is an unbreakable connection with Abel and Enoch and Jesus and the author intentionally begins with Abel and Enoch and intentionally ends the list of the faithful with none other than Jesus himself in 12, 1 and 2. Why? Innocent Abel died for his faith. Innocent Jesus died for yours. That is why. Enoch was taken up. He was lifted up. 
Christ, when he died, three days later was resurrected and a few weeks later ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God today. This Enoch, this Abel, these two Old Testament men had no idea when Abel was in the throes of his suffering that years down the road, thousands of years later, God would decide to write a chapter. And in that chapter, he would decide to bring up little known Abel. Little known Abel, who decided that he would worship God as God called him to, regardless of the price, and that cost him his life. But there would be one down the line who would come after him, and the one down the line who would come after him would be a better Abel, and his name is Jesus. Amen? Little did Enoch know, who gets two or three verses in the book of Genesis, just two or three, that when he walked with God as he should have, and God lifted him off the planet as God designed, that he would point forward down the line to some, to Jesus, who would walk perfectly with God, die for your sins and mine, be lifted up uh, three days later, ascend into heaven, and now intercede for us little or Did he know it all? What does that say about faith? It isn't what you can see. Didn't we say that from the get-go? I do not know why you're where you are, either in success or failure. I don't know why you're so wealthy or perhaps so pained right now in your life. I do not know why you lost your job. I do not know. But faith says I don't have to. That's what faith says. So what now? Last week, I had multiple meetings Sunday afternoon, and I'm heading home, and Wendy called, and she said, could you run to Frisbee's? Sure. So I run to Frisbee's. I'm walking in, and as I am, this woman stops me outside. She's putting groceries in her car. I've known her for years. She used to work with Wendy, and she stopped me. And she said, ah, Pat's service, Pat Piercy's funeral. I've watched three times now. She said, you did such a good job. I said, oh, it wasn't me. Pat did the work. I just took her words and put them in a, in a palatable form. Uh, Pat did the work on that. And she said, ever since I've watched, I've had this heavy weight on me. And if I died tonight, I wouldn't go to heaven. I just turned and looked at her like in the eye. I said, what? She said, No. I can't get this weight off me, and if I died tonight, I would not go to heaven. The store was almost closing. It didn't matter. I turned and I said, would you like to get that weight lifted off of you? She said, oh, yes. I said, well, could I 
could I tell you what Pat would tell you? And I shared the gospel. And I said, I want you to go home, find the Bible. I want you to sit down in a chair. Just want you to pray. I think she's probably watching me right now. But I want you to pray. And uh, you just lay it out to God. And all you got to do is trust Him. Don't overcomplicate it. Just offload that burden and tell Him how sorry you are for your sins. Once you're done, I want you to open the front cover of that Bible and find a blank space and put, On this day, I prayed to trust Christ as my Savior. Went home, told Wendy. Wendy called her this week. They talked about this and that and the other. And then she said to Wendy, will you tell Jerry everything he said to do? I did, and that weight is gone. If I die tonight, I know where I go. Isn't that awesome? Yes. Yes. So you say, Jerry, what do I do? Our fourth measure is just somebody who shows and shares the gospel. It's not rocket science. Can you help other people to somehow get in on the faith you have? Can you do that? That's, that's it. Can, will others somehow see, observe, the, like watch you do life? And as they do, ask you about and then when they do, will you talk? You say, but I, I don't know this. I don't really care what you do or do not know. The question is who you know. I don't care if you can articulate a theology that, that begins from uh, crucifixion or, or from creation to crucifixion to, to uh, the consummation and just put everything in there like it needs to be. I, I, I've had more education than I uh, even care to talk about. None of that mattered in front of Frisbees. None of it. I just looked at a woman who wants to go where I'm going and told her how to get there. That was all. That was it. That's, that's what this is. Will you show and then talk? Showing isn't enough. Your silent witness won't bring anybody to Jesus. Don't buy that. You got to show and then you got to articulate. There's got to be some words. Why do you believe as you believe? Why do you act like you act? Why do you do what you do? I found another way that helps me on this is the who's your one. Uh, it, it's just an initiative we did a couple years ago for Easter. Uh, Pray for somebody, pray for them every day, uh, and then reach out to that person. And, and I still do it to this day. My phone has a reminder, and I'll do that. And then the third just is pray about this Sunday night service. This might be your whole life group needs to do this, and your life group meet before or after. And you come together, pray about this Sunday night service, that it becomes a mission for you. We know that younger folks most likely will populate this service. We just know that. They prefer to worship later in the day. We know that. 
We know that old four is just changing dramatically as younger folks are moving in, that Marion is changing dramatically as younger couples are moving in. We know that. We're excited about that, and we're excited to see them come and come to know Jesus. Pray through that. Adrian is going to come, and he's going to give you an opportunity, another. Uh, we're, we're so excited to see how God is going to work. Would you bow your heads? Father, thank you. Thank you, Jesus, that you are the ultimate Enoch. You're the ultimate Abel. Thank you. God, we believe you created by the spoken word through your Son, and that your Son today sustains creation. We believe that you recreate every day people into brand new creations. May we celebrate and be excited about it in your name.